Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. This is Pastor Julie with our message for this Sunday, and we are continuing and finishing, actually, our journey through the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 25, and we are reading verses 31 through 46. And Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me naked, and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. Well, today we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. And for those who may not know the significance, let me give you a little background and why it's important to talk about it. You know, I didn't know until I began to preach that there was such a thing as a Christian calendar. I mean, yes, I knew that certain events in Christian history are celebrated at the same time each year. But I wasn't aware that the whole year is full of those events until I had to pay attention to them. Did you know that Advent is actually the start of the Christian year? So this is the last Sunday of the Christian calendar before we start the next one. It wasn't until 1925 that we added Christ the King Sunday to the Christian calendar. 
Pope Pius XI instituted the Feast of Christ the King on this last Sunday of the Christian year because he felt at the time that people around the world were becoming too dependent on the rulers of their nations and that those same leaders were trying to exert their authority over the life of faith and the church as people began to be influenced by those earthly leaders and were being led away from the church. It was his belief that celebrating Christ is king, nations would see, quote, that the church has the right to freedom and immunity from the state, that leaders and nations would see that they are bound to give respect to Christ, and the faithful would gain strength and courage from the celebration of the feast as we are reminded that Christ must reign in our hearts, minds, wills, and bodies, end quote. The interesting thing is that we are still struggling with this today. Who or what is ruler of our lives? Where does our first loyalty lie? Who do we give authority to if we give it at all? Because let's face it, many people don't. As a people, we've become very self-focused and want to be seen as self-sufficient, answering to no one. We hear it today ringing louder than ever in things like the face mask debate. You can't tell me what to do. The government can't tell me what to do. Even God can't tell me what to do. I have my rights and I have the ability to decide for myself. Now, as we ask the question about who or what is the authority in our lives, this final story in Jesus' teaching about the end times really focuses on what I will call our final destination based on how we answer that question. When Christ returns, there are two definitive answers that we will be held accountable for on that day. Do we claim Christ as king of our lives or do we not? So either Jesus has been and is the authority over us or he is not. As in the other parables he tells in Matthew 24 and 25, there are only two groups of people, faithful or unfaithful, wise or foolish, trustworthy or worthless, and in our final story, blessed or accursed, sheep or goats. A couple of things have held true throughout his teaching. He is speaking to and about his followers, people who claim to follow Christ. He is not addressing those who do not believe. In all his stories, the people seem to be the same on the surface, but some characteristic or behavior separates them, putting them in one group or the other. And as we've worked through these parables, we get a picture that if we claim faith in Christ, that faith should be seen in how we act. In the first parable, we are called faithful if we are found to be caring for one another as we wait for his return. In the parable of the bridesmaids, we are wise if we keep oil in our lamps, basically saying that we keep our lamps filled as we do loving things in the world, acts of love that shine the light of Christ. <clears throat> in the parable of the talents, we spoke about how we are given the gift of faith and we are called to invest in that faith in order to help it grow through intentional acts of spiritual discipline, like study and prayer, mission and serving, sharing God's love to others through the many gifts we have been given. 
All these intentional acts, ways of behaving, are the marks of true believers, faithful servants waiting for their master to return. So it shouldn't surprise us that the final story in this discourse is what he says actually happens when Christ comes again. What we should expect as his followers. Now, in each story, we've been given a hint of the fate that possibly awaits us, depending on which group we find ourselves in. For those found faithful, there's joy, a feast, and an entrance into a kingdom prepared for us from the beginning of the world. This is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, a place of peace and joy for eternity. Then there's the other place. Jesus calls the alternative one a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, the outer darkness, and now the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. In this story, he separates everyone into two groups, sheep on the right, goats on the left. The right hand is the hand of blessing, the left hand, the hand that curses. Right hand group, the good place. Left, the not so good place. And once again, it seems as if our behavior is the determining factor. And because no one wants to go to that other place, don't we all want to know what we need to do to get in the good place, to be found living that good life when Christ our King returns? I'm sure there are a few rebels out there that might say, well, I don't care. Let's just see what happens. I'm not scared. But deep down, when our life is over, I believe we all want someone to say, that we lived a good life. If we are Christians and claim Christ as our king, then we do want him to welcome us into his kingdom because we've been found faithful. So what does it take? What will we have to do? There's only one thing. Submit to Jesus Christ as king. Give him and nothing else authority over our life and how we live it, becoming a citizen of the kingdom of God right here and now, not citizens of some earthly realm or nation. And the kingdom of God isn't waiting for us when we die. We can live there now. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus tells us, repeating the words of John the Baptist, repent and hear the good news, the kingdom of God has come near. When we confess our sins and claim Jesus as our Savior, we become members of the family of God, citizens of the kingdom of God here on earth. As we grow in our faith and learn what it means to follow Christ, our behavior changes. If it doesn't, Then, as James tells us in 2.17, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Every act of a faithful follower throughout the New Testament is linked to the love of God. We love because he first loved us. Everyone will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The great commandment is only about love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Everything God has done from the beginning has been an act of love for us. 
And his ultimate act of love was an act of sacrifice and suffering. Love that put others first, that knew no bounds. Love that didn't count the cost or expect a reward. This God who would be king does not rule with power and might, exerting force to keep everyone in line. This is a king who poured himself out, made himself weak and vulnerable, who used his authority to give human beings, his own creations, a choice and give us a way to be free from the things of this world that try to exert its authority over us, that try to keep us in prison, separated us, separated from the love that gives us life. In this story, there are many ways the blessed and accursed are defined by their their behaviors. They either did or didn't feed the hungry, give clothes to the naked, visit the sick and imprison, etc. In the end, it is all about how they loved or didn't love. But here's the thing that this about this story that surprised me, and maybe it got your attention too. Neither group had any idea that they would be judged on these particular actions. They didn't know that Jesus was even there or aware of what they did or didn't do. Don't you think that if they had known their behavior in these matters would have such dire consequences that some of those goats maybe would have done things a bit differently? But wait, give me another chance. It almost doesn't seem fair that no one told them. But it's like the story in Luke 16 where the rich man who refuses to help the beggar Lazarus ends up in hell and the beggar is with Abraham in heaven and the rich man begs Abraham to send someone to warn his brothers and tell them how he ended up there so that they wouldn't suffer the same fate. And Abraham tells him they should already know what is expected and each one has to make their own decision. And in our story today, Jesus is telling us we have a choice to make as well, but the choice is not what you think. The choice is whether or not to declare Jesus Christ is our king, to give him authority over our lives. See, this is the only way to enter the kingdom of heaven. So many times people put their faith in Christ and enter that kingdom, but then they stop there. They don't learn how to behave like God's people. Christ is the master in these stories, and he commands his followers, those who submit to his authority, to care for each other, to do loving things for all people, whether neighbors or enemies, to shine his light throughout the world and to be good stewards of the gifts he has entrusted to our care. We are to be living, breathing examples and models of Jesus Christ in the world, representing our our king, our savior, our master. And we do that by learning to follow the example of love he gave us while he was here in a body on the earth, eating with sinners, healing the sick, showing compassion, setting the prisoners free and caring for those who can't care for themselves. If you think about 
different cultures around the world, you will immediately know where they come from by certain actions or rituals they do. Think about it. Hawaiians have the beautiful hula dance. Greeks have the Olympics. Texans, big boots and hats. The Chinese, parades of dragons. Jesus tells us here that the mark of a Christian How they know that we live in the kingdom of God is how we love one another. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are. Think about that. We can't earn our way into heaven or the kingdom of God by doing good things. All we can do is put our faith in Christ, submit to his authority, and become the people God created us to be. When we claim Christ as our Savior, we put ourselves in his hands. And he comes and lives in us through the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit begins to work within us, making all things new, recreating us and shaping us to be the people we were born to be, citizens of God's kingdom here on earth. Yes, we have choices to make all the time. And our first choice is to trust our master and let the Spirit lead us. When we become members of the family of God, we are anointed to join Jesus' mission to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How we accomplish that mission will look different for each one of us as we use the gifts we have been given. Some will give food to the hungry, something to drink to the thirsty, clothes to the naked, and some will actually visit the sick and those in real prisons. Some will stand up for justice, for the oppressed, breaking down the barriers of racism, sexism, ageism, and even nationalism. But just as every parable and story has layers, it's not just about actual food and clothes. There is a spiritual layer as well. The great commandment is all about love, but the great commission is all about sharing the good news of the kingdom with the world. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, people that live in the kingdom of God here and now are always acting in ways that will bring others into that kingdom. Nourishing their spiritual hunger. Giving them living water. Clothing them in righteousness through the good news. And their entry into the kingdom of God. And that's how we grow the kingdom. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder if the sheep in our story are surprised, not because they didn't know Jesus was the one they were serving, but maybe because it was such a part of who they were that they didn't even think about it anymore. They were true disciples living in the kingdom of heaven already. It was who they were, their identity, and the whole world could see it in the way they behaved. 
The goats in our story probably thought they were doing the right things too. After all, they went to church, prayed out loud even, and served on every church committee. Yet when a brother or sister disagreed with them, they didn't even try to understand. They shut them out. They gossiped about them, just knowing they were right and the other was wrong. And when they passed someone definitely in need, they counted the cost of helping them. Well, I need my money for myself. I need that coat for myself. They should just get a job like the rest of us. Why should they get something for nothing? And when they encounter someone new in church, maybe, that doesn't look like them, they wonder if there's another church that they would feel more comfortable in, even if they don't say it out loud. See, faith is a journey, and it's true. We're not going to get it right every moment, every day. I know I make mistakes all the time when I'm not exactly being loving or doing all these things that Jesus talks about. But it's not about getting it right. It's about giving authority to Christ as the king of our lives, letting him work in us and through us to share the love of God with us and in the world. It's about taking your place in the kingdom of God here and now, letting ourselves be changed from the inside and behaving as though we were born to be children of God. Because as Jesus tells us again and again, we were. We are all born to live in heaven on earth, living in the kingdom now, walking with Christ, being shaped into the people we were created to be. That's how we live the good life. The good life is not an easy life. But in the kingdom of God, the rewards are out of this world. So give your life to Jesus. Care for one another do those loving things, even when it costs you dearly. Let them know we are Christians by our love. Live in the kingdom now, and then one sweet day we will all enter that kingdom prepared for us from the beginning of the world. By Christ, our King. Let Christ be your king and change you from the inside out into a walking, living, breathing representative of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God in the world. Amen.